As a listener to Intelligent Medicine, you know that fish oil provides the vital omega-3s, EPA, and DHA that support your cardiovascular, brain, nerve, vision, immune system, joint, and skin health, as well as your inflammatory balance. My preferred fish oil brand is Vital Nutrients, offering a line of 11 ultra-pure omega-3 solutions, including soft gels, liquid, and enteric-coated options in a variety of potencies. Vital Nutrients even offers a high-performance and nutrient-dense vegan omega supplement option. Vital Nutrients line of ultra-pure omega-3 solutions are held to the most rigorous quality standards in the industry, ensuring maximum freshness, purity, and potency. I use Vital Nutrients myself and recommend it to my patients. For more information and to order, call 888-328-9992. That's 888-328-9992. Or go to vitalnutrients.co. That's vitalnutrients.co for the Vital Nutrients line of Ultra Pure Omega-3 Solutions. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today, we're talking to Dr. Georgia Ede, a Harvard-trained board-certified psychiatrist specializing in nutritional and metabolic psychiatry. And um, she is the recent author of an article that came out a couple of months ago entitled, Nutrition Can Strengthen the Immune System to Fight COVID-19. It appeared in Psychology Today. Dietary changes can help bolster your natural immunity against viruses. Oh, that's even more heretical than stating that uh, diet matters when it comes to your mood. Uh, <laughs> now we're entering some real treacherous waters here because, um, well, uh, lay out your argument about how diet impacts the risk of severe COVID-19. Absolutely. And, you know, this, this is, this is not my work. This is the work of, of scientists around the world who have been studying viruses, the immune system and, and, and metabolism, of course, for a long time. And I, I thank them for all their hard work. Um, but, but as, as, as I think many of your listeners know, the people who are at highest risk for COVID related hospitalizations and death, far higher risk are, you know, people who, um, who are who are not uh, uh, who have high blood pressure and or type two diabetes, and if they have obesity, if 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 uh, excess body fat is also a risk factor for this condition. So those three things may not seem connected, but they're often simply different tentacles of the same beast, which is insulin resistance, your know, high insulin levels, or what's called sometimes prediabetes, and. Unfortunately, many of us now have prediabetes, you know, silent, silently uh, high insulin levels because we're not eating Even properly. Even sometimes without the overt manifestations of extreme uh, overweight, uh, and we sometimes refer to this as uh, TOFI, uh, thin outside, fat inside. So, in other words, metabolically unfit without the obvious external signs. Uh, thank you very much for making that point because you can be thin – and still have high insulin levels and an unhealthy metabolism. And, you know, m most people, uh, you know, most people don't fall into that category, but there are enough of those people where you really can't, you can even be a, an extremely fit athlete. You can, you can be an elite athlete and still have prediabetes or even diabetes and not be aware of it. So uh, simply exercising or keeping your weight in a, in a so-called healthy range 
is not necessarily enough information for you to be to rest assured that you're metabolically healthy. The only way you can really know, and, and there's very simple ways, but uh, you know, for example, you can measure your blood sugar at home, and and uh, you a continuous glucose monitor is a, a game changer. If you can if you can access a continuous glucose monitor even for a couple of weeks, you can see what's happening to your blood sugar throughout the day and night in response to your chosen diet. Um, or you know you can you can look at your cholesterol panel and there you know take your triglyceride to HDL ratio and see if you can see if you can uh, uh, understand whether if your triglyceride to HDL ratio is 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 well below two then then that's a that's a good sign. But uh, I think that um, many of us I think it's hard you know to talk about obesity as a risk factor for COVID nineteen because it may edge into that uncomfortable territory of people feeling as though it's 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 about body image and body shape and body shaming stigma has nothing to do with this i mean being overweight um is just a it's just a clue to poor metabolic health it it isn't necessarily in and of itself the problem it's just a, a clue that something may be wrong metabolically and so um i think that um, th- there's been some lovely research showing really clearly how um, people who have insulin resistance, uh, they, they, they are much more susceptible to COVID-19. If you have high blood pressure, uh, you know, then that's, an- that's another sign. So how are those connected? So people with insulin resistance tend to have abnormally low levels of ACE2, which is a cell surface enzyme. That's responsible for keeping blood sugar in a healthy range and protecting your lung cells from injury. But COVID-19 ties up those ACE2 molecules because it, it needs the ACE2 to enter the cells. So it ties up those ACE2 molecules. So people with insulin resistance who are infected with COVID-19, they have even fewer of these ACE2 enzymes available to keep blood pressure and lung damage under control than they normally would. So they're more vulnerable. And and people with, with blood sugar that's running too high respiratory viruses are particularly uh, uh, vicious in people who have high blood sugar levels. And it's been shown in in studies that high blood sugar levels can encourage viruses to multiply faster. Mm -hmm. And that people with with, um, insulin resistance, not uh, not just even type 2 diabetes, but just insulin resistance itself, or what's called prediabetes, they respond more sluggishly and abnormally to respiratory virus infections, and it can take at least a week before your body can begin mounting a defense if you've got insulin resistance. So your immune system is not on its toes. Um, it's almost asleep at the wheel. And 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 that, that gives the virus a huge running start to be able to multiply and, and make people much more gravely ill than if their immune system were healthy. And, of course, uh, low-carbohydrate diets have been shown to uh, lower blood pressure uh, and uh, improve blood sugar. Uh, so, uh, unfortunately, you know, there's sort of a paradoxical situation. At the very same time that we're trying to combat uh, COVID with vaccines and social distancing and masks and lockdown, uh, more and more people have gained weight. More and more people are indulging in snacks and comfort foods and DoorDash, uh, you know, the only people out on the streets are the delivery people uh, bringing <laughs> right. uh, delicious uh, morsels. Uh, we know that eating out is a risk factor for metabolic syndrome. The more meals you eat out, I mean, statistically, 
it's been shown, the more likely you are to develop uh, metabolic derangements. But now uh, these uh, messengers of various kinds uh, make it real easy to get restaurant food uh, just with an app. So, uh, you know, we got kind of a collateral damage of COVID-19. Our, our population is being rendered even more vulnerable. It's so true. And I think that one of the, one of the hopeful things, you know, this can all sound like gloom and doom, but one of the really important things about um, your listeners understanding about the connection between weight being being overweight or having excess body fat and COVID-19 is you don't need to lose all that weight to reduce your risk because mm-hmm. losing weight is takes a long time and it's very difficult. Um, it's it's easier with certain types of diets, particularly low carbohydrate diets, and very helpful. But you don't have to lose weight to reduce your risk. All you have to do is get your blood sugar and insulin levels down, and that just takes a matter of weeks. And so, um, and then you can let the weight loss take its time. And I think that's that's really important for people to know because if you've gained quite a bit of weight during COVID or if you've always had had a weight problem, and I, I grew up with a weight problem, I know how hard it is and I still, I still, you know, it's it's always been a challenge for me my whole life. I know how hard it is. But the good news is you don't have to cure, you don't have to solve that problem to reduce your risk for not just COVID-19, but, but all kinds of infections. And, you know, I'm sure more viruses are coming down the pike. So, um, uh, so, I think that's a really hopeful and empowering message for people is you don't have to fix the problem um, entirely. You just need to start working towards a healthier, um, a healthier metabolism. And, and being somewhat overweight is not necessarily a sign that you're uh, metabolically impaired uh, because there, you know, there's some paradoxes here. There's some people who look ostensibly thin and yet they're metabolically deranged or impaired. Uh, and other people who seem a little on the chunky side, uh, but they're metabolically fit. So, so weight per se is not the sine qua non of, of risk. That's absolutely right. And that's why it's helpful to look beneath the surface, right? So what's going on with your blood sugar? You know, what, what's, what's happening in between meals? What, what does your metabolism look like on the inside? And I think that if more people would check, if more people would either ask their their doctor or their clinician to check, or if they check at home, most people now uh, have access to even a simple finger stick meter because diabetes is so common now. Even if you don't own a blood per, uh, sugar meter yourself, you could probably borrow one from someone else in your family and just see, measure your blood sugar before and after, one hour after you eat. And see what's happening to it. Is it going up too high? Is it going to 140 milligrams per deciliter or higher? And that's a, that's a that's a big red flag that however you're eating now is not safe for your metabolism, and that some changes should 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 be made that that could really help you feel better, and 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 protect you from uh, not just again not just COVID 19 but all kinds of health problems. So yeah, it, 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 we can't judge a book by its cover. Indeed. Uh, so on the ketogenic diet, uh, can you describe what that looks like for people? I mean, this is more the uh, very committed low-carb diet. I mean, in fact, perhaps we should start with the definition of what's the difference between a low-carb diet and a ketogenic diet, because I think there's some confusion about those terms. Thank you for asking. That is the question. There's so much confusion about that. There are different definitions of ketogenic diet. And so my definition of a ketogenic diet is any way of eating that lowers insulin levels enough 
to turn on fat burning and generate meaning, clinically meaningful levels of ketones in the blood. So uh, now low carb is, is the most common way to do that. And I would argue the kind of safest and, and easiest way to do that, most comfortable way to do that. But you can also do that um, using strict intermittent fasting protocols. You can even uh, do it by eating a high carbohydrate diet if it's extremely low in calories. Hmm. So b- b- below 800 calories a day is what's required. And so people tend to get hungry <laughs> on diets that, right. that are extremely low calorie. Um, and uh, when you're when you're eating that way, it can be hard to get all the nutrients you need, but but you can do it. So, and, and, and an, another a point of common confusion is it doesn't have to have meat in it. If you can do this as a vegetarian, you can do this eating a Mediterranean diet, you can do this, um, you know, eating, eating a, a plant-based diet, vegan diet. What's important is changing the amount, uh, the amount of carbohydrate that you're eating if you, if you want to, uh, eat a, a ketogenic diet. So when the insulin levels come down low enough, then uh, then your fat-burning enzymes will turn on and ketones will be released into the blood. So switching gears slightly, I mean, as a uh, nutritionally-oriented psychiatrist, uh, do you favor the use of uh, nutritional supplements? Quite a few have been touted for their mood benefits. Uh, Do you have any favorites? Uh, well, uh, I don't use a lot of supplements in my practice, although I will say that most of my patients take many, many supplements. Uh, mo- most of my patients come to me taking a lot of supplements and some of them, you know, two to three pages of supplements. <laughs> and so, and, and so it, it, it's a really, it's a compelling notion uh, this sort of, uh, sort of, it's natural human, it's sort of human nature to, to want to resolve a problem by adding something to the diet rather than taking something away. So, you know, the idea, it's, it, it's a really compelling idea that all I have to do is add this extract or this, the, you know, this, 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 this antioxidant or this, uh, this, this supplement, uh, this superfood and, uh, I'll be healthier. And the truth is that that's rarely the case. Um, it's really more the power of subtraction where you're going to get the most bang for your buck, which is taking the things out of the diet that are damaging the brain and the metabolism in the first place. And so taking the foods out of the diet that are causing that excess oxidation rather than taking in antioxidant supplements, most of which don't work in the human body anyway. So that's my philosophy. It's not that all supplements are, 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 don't, I mean, the, the certain supplements can be very, very helpful. Um, particularly essential nutrients, um, uh, things like vitamin B12 can be really important. People on a plant-based diet or, or who can't absorb B12 naturally from food or, uh, omega-3 supplements can be very helpful in, in certain cases. And, um, so, so their nutrient supplements are, can be very important. Um, but I don't use a lot of other types of supplements in my practice on a regular basis. Okay. Well, what does a typical day look like for somebody on a ketogenic diet? Uh, is there a lot of deprivation involved or, you know, can you have a variety of foods? It's that's uh, it really depends on how you there are many, many different ways that you can construct the diet based on your dietary preferences uh, and also your goals. But uh, all you really need to do, and the, the only foods you really need to give up, and these it's difficult. I will say it's psychologically difficult. And for the first week or two, it can even be physically challenging. It can be, you can Just go like through some withdrawal. withdrawal. Yeah. Yeah. 
from from these from a very high carbohydrate diet. So you you of of course all the sweets, all the foods that are taste sweet and that have high starch or high high sugar content, including things that we often think of as healthy like fruits and starchy vegetables. Most of those will need to go. Um, cereals, um, fruit juice, potatoes. Um, uh, all those sorts of things would, would need to go, um, oatmeal and grains and other sorts of things. So what, but the good news is what gets to stay is some things that some people have uh, felt deprived of for a long time, such as, you know, fatty animal foods, you know, chicken with the roasted skin and, and, uh, you know, higher fat animal foods, um, you know, beef that that's higher in fat rather than lean. Uh, th- those types of foods, um, uh, do you don't need to worry about those. Those are the safest possible foods you could eat for your metabolism. Um, and you get to include as many low carbohydrate vegetables um, uh, as you like. Um, you you don't need to, to you don't need to remove any of the low carbohydrate vegetables unless unless you want to. So it's really just a healthy whole foods diet. It's really what I like to advocate for my patients as a starting point is a low carbohydrate sort of paleo style diet. So it's got, you know, animal foods as well as, you know, not, you know, so things like, you know, uh, meat, seafood, poultry, eggs, nuts, non-starchy vegetables. And you can even throw in a few berries here and there if you want to taste something sweet, but it's, it's just really a, it's a, it's the kind of diet that we would have recognized a long, long time ago. Where there, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing that came out of a factory. They're just whole foods. And, and, and when people say, well, what is a whole food? You know, basically a whole food consists of a single ingredient. It can be found in nature and it's perishable. It's really that simple. Any child could follow that plan. Are you a little dismayed at the proliferation of uh, keto? food products, uh, you know, that you now find uh, lining the aisles of uh, health food stores <laughs> and, you know, whole food supermarkets, because they're really jumping on the bandwagon, developing all kinds of keto products. I I know it, it is it is disheartening. It really is uh, human nature, a combination of us wanting to replace junk food with something else, sort of healthier types of junk food, you know, bars and, and beverages and things like that, because uh, we're so accustomed to, to eating processed food, we miss it if, if, if it's gone, and we think it needs to be replaced. Um, and it's uh, the other uh, part of human nature is, you know, wanting to, uh, you know, make money. And the these products are very, very profitable. So uh, because people are looking for them, and again, as replacements for the foods they recognize. And I mean, having having a treat from time to time or a substitute food can can be important and helpful, but it shouldn't be the foundation of the strategy. And I think ideally, what works well for people is if they practice eating simply whole foods and gradually work their way away from expensive processed factory foods. Um, some of these foods are really, uh, they're not necessarily that much healthier for you than alternatives. And so often they have sweeteners in them, which continue your, your, they, they keep your palate interested mm-hmm. in sweet. So-called and, natural sweeteners. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, they, again, they can be helpful to a small extent, but, but they, for some people, they continue the craving for things that are sweet and they don't let your, 
your taste buds adjust to being able to taste the natural sweetness in whole foods. And so I think that that can be an issue for some people. But for other, the other thing about these processed unnatural foods, like things like bars and shakes, is that for people with food addiction, which is a huge number of people, um, it makes it really hard for people not to overeat. Um, because those types of foods, which are highly processed, they don't uh, trigger the same stop signs in the body that a whole food does. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things. And, and so they're designed they to be ultra palatable and, and delicious. And, you know, hence uh, they're consumed readily and in excess. That's a, an ex- it's an excellent, excellent point that, that point of hyper palatability. Um, and, I'm really, really glad you brought that up because I don't think many of us realize how much of a slave we are to these intense flavors, which are are not found in combination in nature. Um, And once you step off that, once you step away from those foods, it doesn't take long for you to appreciate the, the, the subtle and amazing flavors of that, of real food. But, but if you've got something intensely flavorful to compare it to, um, you, you may not have as much natural interest in foods which are going to work for you rather than against you. I don't know if you treat uh, children and adolescents, but, uh, you know, you probably are well aware that a study was just released in the state of California, uh, which points to belatedly, because this information has been around uh, since the Feingold diet uh, in the 1960s, uh, the relationship between attention deficit disorder and artificial food dyes. And many countries of the world have been ahead of the U.S. in banning these dyes. They're completely unnecessary. They're just a convenience to the food industry because there are many natural substitutes. Uh, so do you, do you believe that there is such a linkage? Um, that, that, that is something that has been shown in, in studies going back uh, a number of decades now that, uh, that, uh, food dyes, uh, did seem to be uh, did seem to be related to uh, an increased risk of, of ADHD in children. Um, what's what's another thing that's very interesting about the ADHD literature is that there there have actually been some wonderful studies done uh, with with children. I, I don't I don't treat children myself, but I do study all of the all of the science between you know nutrition and different conditions. And there are some great studies out there showing that if you take children with ADHD and some of them even quite severe ADHD and you put them on what's called a few foods diet, um, which is, you know, just, you know, seven or eight different foods, mostly whole foods, you know, things like, you know, chicken and fruit. Um, and you put them on a whole foods diet, what's called a few foods diet, mostly whole foods. It included also some things like rice and apple juice and margarine, but otherwise was, you know, looked kind of like a paleo diet. Um, Within two to three weeks, there's something like a two thirds to three quarters response rate, meaning that these children improve significantly. And some of them um, no longer met criteria for ADHD mm. at all within a very short period of time. Now, why is that? You know, what was it about the, because there were many, many changes, differences between that diet and what most kids eat. Um, but it's just this really powerful argument that ADHD may not be, uh, it, you know, it may not be the destiny of these children, it may simply have been a reaction to how they were feeding their brains. Wow. That's really profound. Uh, so, uh, 
In conclusion, let's give our listeners uh, some resources. Uh, you have uh, a website, uh, and that's also where you offer your keto training for clinicians. Yes, the website is called diagnosisdiet.com. And uh, th- so I have articles there and lots of resources for people and also information about the training and consultations and things like that. But the, uh, the all the information on the site is free for everybody. Um, and uh that that's uh, that's one place where people can find me. I'm also on Twitter um, at George EMD, and I do write uh, periodically for Psychology Today. Um, so a variety of different places you can find me. And also, you, uh, in light of uh, COVID, where people sometimes find it difficult to come in, or you know, we have listeners all over the United States, uh, is it possible to obtain online consultations with you? It is. Um, if you if you go to my website, there's a there's a consultations uh, tab on the website. I do have a wait list right now, but I'm working through it as fast as I can, and hope to have appointments coming up in May and uh, uh, in in June. So I apologize for the wait, but um, please let me know if you're interested, and I will see you as soon as I can. And that's dietdoctor.com. Oh yes. Yeah, so my website is diagnosis diet. Oh, I'm sorry. Diagnosis. And then I, I'm sorry. That's okay. No, and I, I do, I do contribute, uh, from time to time to the Diet Doctor website as well, which is an excellent, uh, website, um, based, based in Sweden. Some of your listeners may know it's, it's, it's the largest low carb science and resource, uh, low carb resource for low carb science and inspiration and information in, in the world. And, uh, it's, everything is evidence based and balanced and uh it's really and, and most of the information on that site is free including lots of uh inspirational videos and recipes and just if anybody's interested in starting a low carb diet that's a great place to start is that website diet doctor great okay lots of uh, resources for our listeners and for clinicians and uh, i want to congratulate you uh dr Eid, on you know taking uh, not the path of least resistance, but uh, a rather innovative path towards getting your patients well. And uh, you've got you're going to be having a profound influence on on a lot of people and on the profession. So keep up the great work. Really appreciate it. Well, thank thank you very very much. And really, it's all about empowering people to to improve their own their own health and think differently about about all these things. And I really thank you very much for for your for your helping all of us get our messages out and for you know being one of the pioneers in the field about thinking about our health differently. So it's been a real honor to to be on your show. Thank you. It's been my great pleasure. Thank you very much. That's uh, Dr. Georgia Ede. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. And this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. As an Intelligent Medicine listener, you know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. But vetting your sources and tracking down the exact products you need can be a hassle. That's why I'm inviting you to browse my online supplement dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. My specially curated professional-grade supplements are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical-grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com 
to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll also receive free shipping on all of your store orders. That's drhoffmanstore.com. drhoffmanstore.com.